Welcome to Zichud Avsiman Remember by Avram Golder and Tirma Zechus Yavamas Daf Yed Zayin. The end of the first parak Chamesh Hashem and the beginning of the second parak Ketzad. The first parak has been generously sponsored as a schus for Mordechai Chaim and Esther and as a schus for Shidduch Hagon for Leibas Esther. And the second parak has been sponsored for the Atzlacha of Ovadi Ben Lei and his family for everything good. So the three drops we're going to focus on number one on the bottom of Daf Tez Zayin Amabez. Reviewed is said in the name of Ravasi. If an idolater is Mekadosh a Jewish woman nowadays, we suspect that's a valid kedusha because he might be a Jew from the Aserah Shvatim, from the Ten Tribes. Rashi explains, Ravasi holds that a child born from a Jewish man and Gentile woman is a Jewish mamzer, and therefore nowadays we suspect that every non-Jewish man is a Jewish mamzer descended from the Ten Tribes, and we need to suspect that the Kedushin is valid. The Gemara clarifies that this is only in a place where the Ten Tribes are settled. When Shmuel heard this teaching, he disagreed and said that a son that comes from a non-Jewish woman is called her son and is not considered Jewish. Therefore, if a man from the Ten Tribes married a Gentile woman, the child is not Jewish at all. When the Gemara states that there's still a concern since the children born from the woman from the Ten Tribes are still Jewish, it answers that there's a tradition that the women from the Ten Tribes were barren. Rashi explains that their wombs were torn and could not conceive. The Marie says that this was due to their difficult journey into exile. Alternatively, there are those that say that Shmuel said, The Nevim did not move from there until they declared those from the ten tribes who married non-Jews complete idolaters. Pointing to the opening mission of the second parak discusses the case of Eshah Zahiv Shaloyabalamo, the wife of one's non-contemporary brother. And the Gemara asks for the source that she's not taken in Yibum. Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, the Pusik states in the Parsha of Yibum, Ki Yeshu Achim Yachtav, when brothers dwell together and one of them dies childless. This implies that the brothers dwelled at the same time in the world, excluding the wife of one's non-contemporary brother. Reviewed then expands that the word Yachtav together teaches Miyuchadi Menachla joined in regard to inheritance, which Rashi explains means that they inherit each other, Pratlaachim excluding from Yibum one's brother from a mother with whom they do not inherit each other. Rabbi said that the source of Yibum was only for paternal brothers, as learned from Gezer Shaba of Achva Achva Mimene Yaakov, brotherhood, brotherhood from the Pasuk about Yaakov's sons. Just as Yaakov's sons were all paternal brothers, but not all of them were maternal brothers, so too Yibum only applies to paternal brothers. And point number three, Rav Huna said in the name of Rav, Shomer's Yam Shamesa Muta Bi'ima. If a woman who was awaiting her Yavim died before he did Yibum or Chalitza, he's permitted to marry her mother. The Gemara says that we see that Rav Huna holds Ein Zika. There's no Zika bond between the Yavim and his Yavama. Rashi explains that we do not look at the Zika to the Yavama as a bond that makes her like an Arusa, an engaged woman who would forbid her mother to him after her death. The more I said, Rav Huna should have just said that the Lachazay like the Tanu holds ain't Zika, and answers that one might have thought that there is no Zika when there are two or more brothers, since it's not clear which brother the Yavam is for. But if there's one brother, then one might have thought, Yesh Zika. The Gemara then asks that he should have stated that he holds like the Tanu says, that there's no Zika even when there's only one brother. And it answers that one might have thought that then the Yavam would be muttered to the mother even while the Yavama was alive. The Gemara then brings the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda who holds Yesh Zika and forbids the Yavam to his mother-in-law. So once again, the three points are number one. On the bottom of Daf Tez Zayin Amon Beis, Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Ravasi, if an idolater is Makadosh a Jewish woman nowadays, we suspect that it's a valid Kedushin because he might be a Jew from the Aser Seshvatim from the Ten Tribes. So Rashi explains, Ravasi holds that a child born from a Jewish man and Gentile woman is a Jewish mamzer, and therefore nowadays we suspect that every non-Jewish man is a Jewish mamzer descended from the Ten Tribes, and we need to suspect that the Kedushin is valid. 
The Gemara clarifies that this is only in a place where the ten tribes are settled. When Shmuel heard this teaching, he disagreed and said that a son that comes from a non-Jewish woman is called her son and is not considered Jewish. Therefore, if a man from the ten tribes married a Gentile woman, the child is not Jewish at all. When the Gemara states that they're still concerned since the children born from the womb from the ten tribes are still Jewish, it answers that there's a tradition that the women from the ten tribes were barren. Rashi explains that their wombs were torn and could not conceive. The Marie says that this was due to their difficult journey into exile. Alternatively, there are those that say that Shmuel said, The Nevim did not move from there until they declared those from the ten tribes who married non-Jews complete idolaters. Pointing to the opening mission of the second parak discusses the case of Esha Zahiv Shaloyabalomo, the wife of one's non-contemporary brother. And the Gemara asks for the source that she's not taken in Yibum. Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, the Pasuk states in the Parsha of Yibum, Ki Yeshu Achim Yachtav, when brothers dwell together and one of them dies childless. This implies that the brothers dwelled at the same time in the world, excluding the wife of one's non-contemporary brother. Rav Yudah then expands that the word Yachtav together teaches Miyuchadi Menachla, joined in regard to inheritance, which Rashi explains means that they inherit each other, excluding from Yibum one's brother from a mother with whom they do not inherit each other. Rabbi said that the source of Yibam was only for paternal brothers. It is learned from Gezer Shabbat of Achva Achva Mimene Yaakov, brotherhood, brotherhood, from the Pasuk about Yaakov's sons. Just as Yaakov's sons were all paternal brothers, but not all of them were maternal brothers, so too Yibam only applies to paternal brothers. And point number three, Rav Huna said in the name of Rab, Shomer's Yam Shamesa Muta Bi'ima. If a woman who was awaiting her Yavim died before he did Yibum or Chalitza, he's permitted to marry her mother. The Gemara says that we see that Rav Huna holds Ein Zika. There's no Zika bond between the Yavim and his Yavama. Rashi explains that we do not look at the Zika to the Yavama as a bond that makes her like an Arusa, an engaged woman who would forbid her mother to him after her death. The Gemara said Rav Huna should have just said that the Lach is like the Tanu holds Ein Zika and answers that one might have thought that there is no Zika when there are two or more brothers, since it's not clear which brother the Yavam is for. But if there's one brother, then one might have thought, Yesh Zika. The Gemara then asks that he should have stated that he holds like the Tanu says, that there's no Zika even when there's only one brother. And it answers that one might have thought that then the Yavam would be mutted to the mother even while the Yavama was alive. The Gemara then brings the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds Yesh Zika and forbids the Yavam to his mother-in-law. So once again, the three points are number one, on the bottom of Daf Tez Zayin on base, Rav Yudah said in the name of Ravasi, if an idolater is Makadosh a Jewish woman nowadays, we suspect that it's a valid Kedushin because he might be a Jew from the Aser Seshvatim from the Ten Tribes. Alright, so now we got our simon for Daf Zayin and our standard simon is a used car and we often use a used car salesman. So here goes. The non-Jewish used car salesman from Ten Tribe Autos sold a van to two living paternal brothers who just received a Yerusha from their father, who were racing to make it to the wedding of the mother of a deceased Shomer Yavam to a Yavam because they held. There was no Zika. Once again, it's slow motion. The non-Jewish used car salesman, used car salesman, that must mean we're on Duff Yud Zion. The non-Jewish used car salesman from Ten Tribe Autos, which reminds us on the bottom of the Tessalian Lama Beis, Rav Yudah said in the name of Ravasi, if an idolater is Makadosh a Jewish woman nowadays, we suspect that it's a valid condition because he might be a Jew from the Aseris Shvatim, from the Ten Tribes. Rashi explains that Ravasi holds that a child born from a Jewish man and a Gentile woman is a Jewish mamzer, and therefore, nowadays, we suspect that every non-Jewish man from the place where the Ten Tribes dwell is a Jewish mamzer descendant from the Ten Tribes, and we need to suspect that the condition is valid. Shmuel said that there 
there isn't a problem. For a child born from a Jewish father to a Gentile woman is not Jewish, and there isn't a concern about the children born from Jewish women from the ten tribes, because either they were not able to give birth because of the long, difficult journey, or because the Nevim declared that their offspring should be considered complete idolaters. So the non-Jewish used car salesmen from ten tribe autos sold a van to two living paternal brothers who just received a Yerusha from their father. Which reminds us that the source that Neishas Hakib Shoyel Belomo is not taking Yibum is from the Pasiki Yeshua Akim Yachtov when brothers dwell together and one of them dies childless. Shaitzlam Yeshiva Akas Ba'olam Prat Neishas Hakib Shoyel Belomo. This implies that the brothers dwelled at the same time in the world, excluding the wife of one's non-contemporary brother. Reviewer then expands that the word Yachtov together teaches Miuchadim Anachla joined in regard to. Inheritance, which Rashi explains means that they inherit each other, prat excluding from Yibum one's brother from a mother. Rabba said that the source that Yibum was only for paternal brothers is learned from the Gzer Shava of Achva Achva Mimine Yaakov. So, the non-Jewish used car salesman from Ten Tribe Autos sold a van to two living paternal brothers who just received a Yerusha from their father, who were racing to make it to the wedding of the mother of a deceased Shomer's Yavam to a Yavam because they held there was no Zika. Which reminds us, Rabuna said in the name of Rab, Shomer's Yavim, Shemesam Mutabi'ima, if a woman who is awaiting her Yavim died before he did Yibum or Chalitza, he's permitted to marry her mother. The Mora says that we see the Rabuna holds ain Zika. There is no Zika bond between the Yavim and his Yavama. Rush explains that we do not look at the Zika to the Yavama as a bond that makes you like an Arusa, an engaged woman who would forbid her mother to him after her death. So once again, the non-Jewish used car salesman from Ten Tribe Autos sold a van to two living paternal brothers who just received a Yerusha from their father, who were racing to make it to the wedding of the mother of a deceased Shomer's Yavam to a Yavam because they held there was no Zika. Alright, now it's time for Four Blah Chazara. Daf Yud Gimel, the Simmer Daf Yud Gimel is a Bar Mitzvah boy. So here goes. After the Bar Mitzvah boy's brilliant pshetel on when an Erva must die for a Tsar to be mutter, to do Yibum, which reminds us where Yumi resolved the steer Mishnais regarding when an Erva must die or get divorced for her Tsar to be mutter for Yibum by explaining Mishashanazo, Loshanazo, the one who taught this Mishnah did not teach this Mishnah. Haitanasavra Misamapelas, the Tanabar Mishnah holds that the husband's death causes his wives to fall to Yibum as long as a woman's not the Tsar. Of an erva at the moment of a husband's death, she is high for Yibum. But the ton of the other Mishnah holds that the original marriage causes his wives to fall to Yibum. Therefore, if a woman was ever a tsar of an erva, she's putter from Yibum. Rubber reconciles the Mishnahis differently. So, after the Bar Mitzvah boy's brilliant pshetel on when an erva must die for a tsara to be mutter to the Yibum, he shocked the crowd, Beisham Shita, that a tsara of an erva is always mutter to do Yibum, which reminds us that the next mission states, Beisham matirin hatsaras la'achim u'beisila osrim. Beisham hold that the tsaras of Arias may do Yibum and Beisila say they are asu to do Yibum. Rabbi Shem ben Pasi explains that the reason Beisham is because the Pasik states, Otiye ish zamesa chutzli ish zar, the wife of the one who died, who is outside should not go to a stranger. Since the Pasuk describes the wife as the outer one, meaning she's not related to the Yavam, it implies there is an inner one who is related to the Yavam, that being the Erva. The Pasuk's teaching that the outer one, who is the Tsara of the Erva, may not marry anyone else since she's subject to Yibam. The Gemara continues explaining what Basil do with the Pasuk. So after the Bar Mitzvah boy's brilliant Pshetel on when an Erva must die, for a tsara to be mutter, to do yibum. He shocked the crowd Shita that a tsara of an erba is always mutter, to do yibum. And solemnly concluded the pasuk of, what was he's going to do? And the hope that Kali Yisrael should not make 
separate factions. Which reminds the Gemara brings a whole back and forth between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan on the topic of Rosis Kodesh, which means Rosasu Agudos Agudos. You shall not make separate factions as it applies in the Megillah being read on different days, Malachah being performed on Erev Pesach, and to our mission with the Malchokas Beisham Meisil regarding whether a Torah of an Erva is mutter to do Yibum. Daf Yedal. So the symbol Daf Yedal is a hand, and we often use a juggler. So here goes. The juggler who started to juggle right after he heard a baskel announced whom the Halacha follows, which reminds us. The Gemara says that Reish Lakish and Rav hold that Beishamai did not follow their own opinion regarding being matya the Tzaros of an erva to do Yibum, and Rabbi Yochanan and Shmuel hold they did. The Gemara asks Amos, when did this Malchokas of Beishamai and Beisil take place? If you say it was before Baskel announced that the Halacha always follows Beisilel, then what would be the explanation of those who hold that Beishamai do not follow their own opinion? And if it was after the Baskel, then what would be the reasoning of those who hold that Beishamai did not follow Beisilel? The Gemara clarifies that the Malchokas could have taken place either before or after the Baskel, and each opinion would have a rationale for their position. So the juggler who started to juggle right after he heard a baskol announced whom the halacha follows entertained judges from two separate bate dinim in one city. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks, according to those who say that Beishamai followed their own opinion, why was there no issue here of Osis Godudu? Which means Los Sasu Agudus Agudus do not make separate factions. Rabbi answered that Losis Godudu only applies within one court when some of the judges follow Beishamai and some follow Beishilel. But in a case where there are two Bate Dinim in one town, where one falls Beishamai and the other falls Beishilel, there is no problem of Losis Godudu. So the juggler who started to juggle right after he heard a baskel announced whom the halacha follows, entertained judges from two separate bate dinim in one city, and was delighted to see that despite all their disagreements, they still treated each other with chiba and reyus. Which reminds us, it was stated in a bright that even though Beisham Beisil disagreed about being matir tsaros in the case of Yibum and other halachos, Beishamai did not refrain from marrying women from Beisilel, and Beisil did not refrain from marrying women from Beishamai. To teach you that they treated each other with affection and friendship to fulfill. That which is stated, love, truth, and peace. Dov Tezvav. So the Simmer Dov Tezvav relates to the fruit of Tubishbet, and we use a fruit bowl. So here goes. The rabbi who bought a fruit bowl, fruit bowl, that must be learned Dov Tezvav. The rabbi who bought a fruit bowl as a gift in anticipation of bearing off his daughter's tzara, which reminds us, the Gemara continues the discussion whether Beishamai followed their own opinion and brings up rights to the states Rabbi Tarfan, who was a Talmud of Beishamai, said, Te'avani masay tavu sabas I desire the time when that tzara, my daughter, who is currently married to my brother, will fall into my hand, and I will marry her in Yibam, since marrying a tzara of an Arab is only permitted. According to Beishamai, this is proof that Beishamai followed their opinion. The Gemara answered Rabbi Tarfan said, Ba'asiena, and I will marry her off to someone else without doing chalitza, which would be permitted according to Beishilla. And Rabbi Tarfan sought to preclude the opinion of Rabbi Yochum and Nuri, who attempted to accommodate the views of both Beishamai and Beishil by requiring every tzara do chalitza. By stating that chalitza is not necessary, Rabbi Tarfan was showing that he disagreed with Rabbi Yochum and Nuri's suggestion. So the rabbi who bought a fruit bowl as a gift in anticipation of marrying off his daughter's tzara and toveled it in Yehu's trough 
where the dividing wall was broken open, which reminds us Marzutra attempted the show, that Beishamai followed their own opinion based on the following Brisa. There was an incident with the Yehu's trough in Yushalayim, which was connected to an adjoining mikvah, and all the tower foods were prepared there, meaning that their kalim were immersed there. And Beishamai sent and widened it, for they held there's not valid until the majority of the dividing wall is broken, so that the waters mix over a large area, not just through a hole. The more rejects his proof, saying that one who sees the Talmud of Beishami breaking up the wall of Yehu's trough would say that he's doing it to increase the amount of water in the trough. So the rabbi who bought a fruit ball as a gift in anticipation of marrying off his daughter's tzara and toveled it in Yehu's trough where the dividing wall was broken open, refused to answer a shiloh about whether tzara's abbas is mutter and yibum out of fear that some people might want to crush his skull. Which reminds us, the more brings another proof that Beishami followed their own opinion. Yeshua was asked, Tsar Sabas Mahu, what is the luck regarding the Tsar of one's daughter? Is one permitted to her in Yibun? He answered, that's a Malkos Beisham Beisila. And when pressed regarding who the Halakha follows, he answered, Why are you putting my head between two great mountains, between the two great factions of Beisham Beisila? I'm afraid they might crush my skull. Rush explains that if he ruled in favor of Beisila, then those who are rendered to be Mamzerim might kill him. The more explains that if you say Beishamai followed their own opinion, that's why Rabbi Yeshua was afraid that those random Mamzeri might kill him. But if Beishamai followed Beishilel, what was he afraid of? Dav Tezain. So the symbol Dav Tezain is toes, and we often use an acrobat with big toes. So here goes. The poor acrobat with large toes. Acrobat with large toes? That must be around Dav Tezain. The poor acrobat with large toes, who was afraid to compete with his first-class opponent, known to perform 300 stunts, which reminds us, Rabbi Dosman Harkin has clarified to a delegation Rabbanim that he held like Basil that Tsar's Bito Asura, and that it was his brother Yonason, who was a Talmud of Beishama, who held Tsar's Bito as Mutter, and he had 300 reasons to back up his position. So, the poor acrobat with large toes, who was afraid to compete with his first-class opponent, known to perform 300 stunts, ran off to Amunamo, where he hoped to collect Maeser Ani during Shviz. Which reminds us, Haggai's second ruling was Amunamo of Ma'asu Maeser Ani b'Shviz. Jews in Amunamo of give Maeser Ani in the seventh year. Only the lands of the ones from Babel conquered would be sanctified for future times and be subject to the laws that apply in Eretz Yisrael. And they left over some areas unsanctified in order that the poor should rely on them for produce during Shviz. Rashi explains that the poor in Eretz Yisrael would come to Amunamo of during Shviz and hire themselves out as agricultural workers and also receive Leket Shechopea so the poor acrobat with large toes, who was afraid to compete with his first-class opponent, known to perform 300 stuns, ran off to Amon Moav, where he hoped to collect Maeser Ani during Shviz, and was relieved to meet the minister of the world who told him that he'd never seen a tzaddik forsaken, which reminds us, it was the Sar HaOlam, the minister of the world, which is a malach, into whose hands the whole world has been given, who recited the Pasuk, Nahayisi Gamzikanti, Vlarayisi Tzaddik Nezav. I have been a youth and also old, but I have not seen a tzaddik forsaken, nor his children begging for food. The Marashah explains that since this malach existed from the time of creation, his testimony that he never saw a tzaddik forsaken is truly remarkable. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus three bonus questions from previous Masechus. Number one. Which depth learned that Rav Huna holds that Oshmer's Yavam that dies? The Yavam is muttered to her mother because he holds there is no Zika. That's on Duff. Yidzayin. Good. Number two. Which depth learned that Rabbi Tarfan desired to marry off his daughter's Tzara without Chalitza to preclude the opinion of Rabbi Yochem Manura, who said every Tzara should do Chalitza? That's on Duff. Tezvav. Good. Number three. 
Which definitely when Rabbi Yosemite Harkin has clarified that he held like Beis Hillel, that Tsar's Bito Asura, but that his brother Yonason held, that it was Mutter, and he had 300 reasons to back up his position. That's on Duff. Tezayin. Good number four. Which definitely the question of the Machlok is whether Beis Shammai followed their own opinion happening before the Baskol, bring on the Halakha following Beis Hillel, or after. That's on Duff. Yeah, dog. Good number five. Which stuff do we know that the Jews in Ammon and Moab give Meiser Ani during Shviz? That's on Duff. Tezain. Good number six. Which stuff do we learn from Yachtav that Yibum only applies to paternal brothers from Yuchadi Menachla that they can inherit each other? That's on Duff. Yudzain. Good number seven. Which stuff do we know that despite disagreements, Beisham and Beisillel had Chiba and Reyes together? That's on Duff. Yeah, dog. Good number eight. Which stuff they why Rabbi Yeshua was afraid to paskin about Tsar's Habas and rule publicly if he held like Beishamai or Beishillel? That's on Duff. Tezvav. Good number nine. Which stuff they learned that Beishamai is Matir the Tsar of an Erevel based on the Pasuk, Rotiya Eishaz Amesa Chutzel Ish Zar? That's on Duff. Yud Gimel. Good number ten. Which stuff did we learn that Banim Harihem Kisimani? That's on Duff. Yud Beis. Excellent. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which stuff when the Rimeir was able to continue to learn from Acher because he could take what was valuable and discard the rest? That's on Duff. Tezvav and Chagiga. Good. Number two. Which stuff when the one may dig an irrigation canal that is one tefach deep to a depth of six tefachim on Cholomoed? That's on Duff. Dalad Mod Cotton. Good. And number three. Which stuff do we have the Machok's Rav and Shmuel whether Shlomo Melch Attain the level of understanding of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's on Duff. Chafalaf and Rosh Hashanah. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramgol and Zichur. a great day and great learning.